Almost 2,000 years ago, our Savior Jesus was crucified. Uh, He died as a sacrifice for our sins. And God's Word tells us that when Christ returns, uh, that He will return to judge and He will return to rule as our King. And for almost 2,000 years, the Bride of Christ, the church, has been looking for that day, longing for that day when Jesus comes back. Our sermon is titled, Jesus, the Returning Judge and King. Turn with me to Luke chapter 12 as we continue on in our sermon series through the Gospel of Luke. I'm going to read the text for us today, Luke 12, 35 to verse 48, and then pray for us. Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 35. Be ready for service and have your lamps lit. You are to be like people waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can open the door for him at once. Blessed will be those servants the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will get ready. Have them recline at the table And then come and serve them. If he comes in the middle of the night or even near dawn and finds them alert, blessed are those servants. But know this, if the homeowner had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Lord, Peter asked, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord said, who then is the faithful and sensible manager? His master will put in charge of his household servants to give them their allotted food at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom the master finds doing his job when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and starts to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, that servant's master will come on a day he does not expect him at an hour that he does not know. He will cut him to pieces and assign him to a place with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will but didn't prepare himself or do it will be severely beaten. But the one who did not know and did what deserved punishment will receive a light beating. From everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, even more will be expected. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the hope that we have in it, the truth that we have in it. We confess it is true. Uh, We thank you for the warnings that are there and the instruction that is there. Keep shaping us into the people you desire us to be. Help us respond as, as you are calling us to. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we look at this text, uh, on the return of Jesus, uh, I want us to Hold on to that central truth that is Jesus will return as judge and king. Jesus will return 
as judge and king. So he had told his disciples while he was still with them, I'm about to leave, but I will come again. Uh, when he ascended, the angels told the disciples, what, as they looked into the clouds, why are you still looking there? Uh, but then told, him, told them he will return in the same uh, fashion. And then the New Testament, repeatedly throughout the New Testament, we have reminders that Jesus is coming back. He will come back. And, and we're reminded that that should change us. Remember we talked about that a week or two ago, that what we believe truly should impact the way that we live. And so if we truly believe that Christ is coming again, that should change us. That should impact the way that we live. So this instruction about Jesus returning, uh, this this. This reminder that he's coming again serves a couple of purposes. One is a comfort to believers. We see that in John as Jesus was telling his disciples right before he goes to the cross uh, that he's about to leave them. Uh, And then he comforts them with these words from John 14 verses 1 through 3. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If not, I would not have told you. I am going away to prepare a place for you. And listen to verse 3. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. Jesus Wanting to comfort his believers whose world is about to be shook. (laughs) You know, everything's going to fall apart in ways that they were not anticipating. And he wants to comfort them and says, yes, I'm leaving, but I'm coming back. I'm coming back for you and I'll take you to where I am. I'm preparing a place for you. What a comfort for followers of Jesus, that He's coming back. We aren't going to be left in this world. And then it also serves as a warning. A warning to unbelievers. So we see this in Romans chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Because of your hardened and unrepentant heart, You are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment is revealed. He will repay each one according to his works. Eternal life to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, but wrath and anger to those who are self-seeking and disobey the truth while obeying unrighteousness by refusing to turn from sins and believing in Jesus an individual is storing up wrath for the day of wrath when Christ comes as judge there is wrath the wrath of God that will be against them that's what they will face and so 
as we hear this, it is a warning to the unbelievers and a warning to the people who are living unfaithful that turn from your sin while you still can. Turn to God and receive the mercy that He has provided for you. And we're going to see both of these things in the the passage today. Uh, The comfort to believers and the warning there for the unbelievers and for people who are unfaithful. The first thing that we'll see in this text concerning the, the comfort for believers is this promise that Jesus will bless believers when He returns. Jesus will bless believers when He turns. He tells His followers to be ready, right? Uh, He wants them to be found faithful. He wants them to be found waiting and watching for Him to come back. And He promises for those that are found faithful that there will be blessings for them when He returns. So let's look back at verses 35 to 40. Be ready for service and have your lamps lit. You are to be like people waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can open the door for him at once. Blessed will be those servants. The master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will get ready. Have them recline at the table and then come and serve them. If he then comes in the middle of the night or even at dawn and finds them alert, blessed are those servants. But know this, if the homeowner had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Be ready. Be ready. Keep the lamps lit. The, the original wording of the, uh, the statement that we have translated be ready is gird up your loins. Uh, an action that men, uh, of them tying up their robes around their belt uh, in order to prepare for action, uh, to prepare for battle or to prepare for service, prepare to do something so that they wouldn't be hindered by their robe. Be ready. Keep the lamp lit at the time. Uh, lamps burning on oil. Uh, you, you would have to tend to the lamps and constantly trim the wicks and fill the oil and ensure that the lights would stay lit. And so he's telling his followers, you need to be watching. You need to be ready. And you need to be ready because I'm coming back. Right? And so he tells them, you should be like a group of servants waiting on a, uh, a master to return from the wedding feast. Now, weddings of the day, they could last for days. They could even last for a week. And so servants who were left at the household never knew when the master would be coming back, if he had gone to a wedding feast. It wasn't like today where it's like, okay, at at 7 we'll have the ceremony. At 8 we're going to cut the cake. At 9 we're going to have some dancing. And at 10 the bride and groom are off for their honeymoon. It was uh, a long, long extended party that there wasn't a, a set time of when it would end. 
And so he said, be like those servants whose master has gone and at any moment he may come back. Be ready, be found faithful, faithfully serving, faithfully waiting and watching for his return. And if they do that, he says, there's a blessing to be found as one of those who's faithfully waiting uh, there's an extraordinary blessing that wouldn't make sense uh, in the setting because what the master promises is he will take those servants and sit them at his own table and he will serve the servants. He will bless them in an extraordinary way for those who are found faithful. And so if they are expecting his return, if they truly believe he's coming back at any moment, that should impact the way that they live. It should lead towards obedience. And and that's true for us as followers of Christ. Believing that Jesus really is coming back and that he desires for us to be faithfully waiting and faithfully serving him should change how we live. And he uses in verse 39 and 40 just kind of an example to say, we don't know when it'll happen. And so think about uh, a homeowner, if he knew when the thief was coming, he would do everything to ensure that his house isn't broken into. But homeowners don't know when thieves are coming. And he said the same thing is true for the Son of Man, a title for Jesus. The same thing is true for for me when I come back. You don't know when it's going to happen. It could come at any hour. And so knowing that, be faithful, be ready, be found serving faithfully while you wait. Because I may come, I will come when no one is expecting. And There will be blessing for his followers. There will be blessing for the believers and for those that are found faithful. Revelation speaks about his return. And Jesus talks about uh, the reward for his followers. Revelation 22, verse 12 through 14. Look, I am coming soon. Another reminder that he's coming back. Look, I am coming soon. And my reward is with me to repay each person according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Jesus promising his return and promising blessing for his faithful followers. You will be blessed for those who have received the cleansing, received the washing by trusting in Jesus. And in Matthew, we see more words talking about kind of the blessing that will will come at Christ's second coming. And so in Matthew 25, verse 34, this is the uh, the passage about Uh, Jesus talking about when the Son of Man comes, when He returns, uh, He'll separate out the sheep and the goats. And then in verse 34, we see this. Then the King 
will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for, me, for you from the foundation of the world. Blessed. There will be blessing for those who are faithful. Blessing for the followers of Christ. And he says, I will say to you, come receive your inheritance. What is that? The inheritance. It's eternal life. It's, it's life in the presence of God. It's the life in God's kingdom where God's rule will be perfect and there will be no more sin and no more sorrow and no more shame and no more suffering. There will be blessing for His followers. And He says, for those that are found faithfully waiting, faithfully serving, there will be extraordinary blessing for you. And so, be ready because I am coming back. Be ready for that. And so, knowing that Jesus is coming back, Knowing that He promises blessing for His faithful followers, those that are found faithfully obedient, let's continue, church, to pursue a life of obedience through the power of the Holy Spirit. This isn't a like, you know, you just got to try harder. We're talking about we have the Spirit of God in us, shaping us into the people that God wants us to be. So through the power of the Spirit, let's continue to pursue a life of obedience that will honor our Savior when he returns it will bring joy to Jesus when he comes back for us the second thing that we see in this text from Luke 12 is Jesus will punish the unfaithful when he returns Jesus will punish the unfaithful when he returns with Christ's righteous judgment there will be punishment for unbelievers and for the unfaithful. And this is one of those areas that it makes us uncomfortable oftentimes to think about. Uh, It makes us feel uncomfortable talking about, but it is a reality. God's Word speaks to it, that judgment is coming. And for the unfaithful, for the unbelievers, there is punishment that's coming for rejecting the mercy and grace of God that's been provided for them. Let's look at verses 41 to 46, back in Luke 12. Lord, Peter asked, Are you telling this parable to everyone, to us or to everyone? The Lord said, Who then is the faithful and sensible manager his master will put in charge of his household servants and, to, and give them their allotted food at the proper time? Blessed is the servant whom the master finds doing his job when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and starts to eat and drink and get drunk. I'm sorry, I skipped a line and starts to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk. That servant's master will come on a day that he does not expect him. And in an hour that he does not know, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unfaithful. So Peter, listening, a little bit confused by Jesus' statements 
uh, and he asked Jesus, so is this one of those areas where you're speaking just to us or are you telling this to everyone? Uh, and that question comes out of, we've seen in Jesus' teaching that there were times where he spoke directly to his disciples. Even when there was a crowd around, it would say, uh, he turned to his disciples and said. Uh, and then there were times that he would speak to the entire crowd. There were times that he would speak just to an individual in the crowd. And so Peter says, okay, wait, is this for, for us just us, or is this for everybody here? And Jesus doesn't really give him a clear answer. Uh, it kind of gives him a yes. Uh, yes, it's for you. And yes, it's for, for everyone else too. And he starts by reiterating that there is blessing for his faithful servants. There is blessing for the faithful followers when he returns. And he says... The servant who the master finds waiting, the servant who's faithfully serving when the master returns, will be blessed. Uh, and he goes on to talk, he'll put him in charge of all his possessions. Now, this is one of those areas where, depending on where you uh, fall on your interpretation of kind of eschatology and end times, uh, doctrines would determine what you would would think that this is talking about. It seems to be, uh, what I would say it seems to be pointing towards is uh, Jesus' millennial reign. Uh, Revelation talks about a reign of Christ, a thousand-year reign of Christ. Uh, and so it seems to be saying for the faithful servants, during that millennial reign, there will be blessings where they will be put in charge of things in Christ's kingdom. Now, if you may have a different interpretation of end times. You would interpret that a different way. But uh, to me, it seems to be fitting into that idea. But regardless, there is a blessing, a tremendous blessing for the followers of Jesus who are faithful faithfully serving Jesus when he returns. And then in verse 45 and 46, he now switches to the punishments that will come. He says, but if there's the servant who, maybe no matter what they've professed up to this point, maybe no matter what role they've served at this point, if there's the servant who says, you know what, my master's not coming back right now. Uh, my master is delayed. He's not going to return anytime soon, and I can live how I want. And, and if that servant turns to a life of wickedness, uh, harming others, uh, living a gluttonous life, eating, drinking, getting drunk, the servant who is ignoring the warning that I may come back at any time and is living a life of wickedness, there is harsh punishment that is coming. There is, uh, it says, that servant will be cut to pieces and given a place, assigned a place with the unfaithful, or some of your translations may say the unbeliever. 
Uh, and, and the reason for that is for an individual, no matter what they may have professed about Jesus, uh, no matter what they may have said about, yes, I, like I'm one of His, if they are living, walking in complete opposition to God's will, if they are living a life of wickedness, then it's evidence that they were never truly a believer. It's evidence that they don't have the Spirit of God working in them. Now, this isn't talking about perfection. This isn't saying, like, if you sin, you're not a follower. But for the individual, if they have professed Christ but are living in opposition and living a life of wickedness, maybe they aren't truly a follower of Christ. And Jesus says, for those servants... They will be given a place with the unbelievers because they are unbelievers. And what that means is the severest punishment of all, which is a life separated from God, a life in hell. Revelation 20 tells us this. Revelation 20 and verse 14 and 15. Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Unbelievers, people who have not received the forgiveness that comes through trusting in Jesus Christ, will face an eternity in hell. For those who have not received Jesus, they will be cast into the lake of fire. They will face an eternal punishment. And Luke's text seems to indicate that that's not where the punishment stops. That it's not just punishment for the unbelievers, but also punishment for being found unfaithful. It's not an eternal punishment, but there are punishments that come for the unfaithful. So verse 47 and 48, back in Luke 12, And that servant who knew his master's will and didn't prepare himself or do it, he will be severely beaten. But the one who did not know and did what deserved punishment will receive a light beating. From everyone who has been given much, much will be required and from the one who has been entrusted with much, even more will be expected. Punishments and consequences don't just stop with the unbelievers. Unfaithful followers of Christ will face consequences at Christ's return. Not eternal condemnation. We will not be condemned, right? Romans 8 tells us that. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Uh, but there are consequences. The loss of reward, Scripture speaks of. And here Jesus is saying, for the servants who knew what they were supposed to be doing and chose not to do it, there's consequences that they will face. There's punishment that they will face in that. And even the ones who didn't really know what they were supposed to be doing, but they've done something that they shouldn't have done, there's a punishment. It's not as severe, but there's a punishment that comes. Not eternal separation, but consequences. 
Second Corinthians, Paul talks about we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 10. For we must all appear. He's speaking to believers. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. There are consequences for being unfaithful. Remember, one of the purposes of this uh, news that Jesus is coming back is a warning. It's a warning because there's time to act. There's time to do something about it. It's a warning to unbelievers to say, if you don't turn, if you don't receive the forgiveness that's found in Jesus, you will suffer an eternity apart from God. You will suffer an eternity in hell And I know that message sometimes will cause us to bristle. It certainly will cause an unbeliever sometimes to bristle at the reality of judgment coming. And some may say, but that doesn't sound like a loving God. If God is love, how could this be true? And this is where the crucifixion of Jesus is so vital for us to understand. Right? God loved us so much. We believe this. God loved us so much that He sent His Son who lived a perfectly obedient life, the life that we were called to. And then He died on a cross for our sins. Suffering for our sins, our shame, our guilt. And God says, if you would just believe in Him, you will receive forgiveness of your sins. You will receive the promise of eternal life with Me. And so, that idea that this doesn't sound like a loving God, that's why it's important for us to understand the cross. He loved us so much that He poured out His wrath on His Son so that you and I wouldn't have to face it. And so if you have not trusted in Jesus today, if you have not received the forgiveness that comes with Jesus, this message is a warning. God wants you to hear the warning that there is judgment coming because of the sins that you have committed. But you don't have to face my wrath. You can believe in my Son and receive forgiveness. It's not too late. God's letting you hear that warning so that you would turn from your your sins and receive His mercy. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you're in a season of disobedience, walking in opposition to what it is that God calls us to, This message is a warning to say, it's not too late to turn back. Turn back from that life. You've been rescued out of that life. You don't have to be a slave to that sin anymore. God 
wants you to be pursuing a life of obedience. That's his desire. And so he wants us to turn back to him. So today's a day to examine our lives, every one of us. Uh, First examine, have I truly trusted in Christ and received him? And if not, the response is to believe in him. And it's also a time for us, church, to examine our own lives and our own hearts and look for areas of disobedience in our lives and turn back to Jesus. He's inviting us to come back to Him. So to any who have not trusted in Jesus yet, remember, yes, judgment is coming, but you don't have to face the wrath of God We believe that He will come again. And we believe that judgment is facing all of us and that God's wrath is what those who have not trusted in Jesus will face. But we also believe that God is merciful. And God wants you to receive the forgiveness that's found in Jesus. And so if you want to know more about trusting in Christ, if you want to know more about receiving the forgiveness that comes in Jesus Christ. Would you please schedule a time to talk to me? You can fill out one of the yellow response cards and drop it in the offering box between the doors at the back. Um, Or you could just stop by and tell me, hey, can we talk more? I want to know more about Jesus and what he's done uh, so that I can be forgiven. And we would find no greater joy than to, to share the good news of the gospel with you. And church... Our Savior's coming back. He's coming back for us. So first, let's find comfort in that, right? As we navigate this broken world, as we walk through the hardships, as we walk through the scary times, as we walk in the darkness at times, let's find comfort and hope that Jesus isn't leaving us here. And let's also find motivation for obedience to our Savior. Let's be prepared, church, for our King when He returns, walking in obedience and honoring Him by faithfully serving Him while we wait. Let's pray. God, You are so good and faithful. And... That is seen in the fact that you warn us and seen especially in the fact that you have made a way for us to be forgiven for all the ways that we've rebelled against you. And so for any who have not received that forgiveness, Holy Spirit, I pray now that you're working on their hearts, opening their eyes to believe that forgiveness is found in Jesus. And God, I pray for our church that you will keep shaping us. Thank you for your patience with us. Continue to make us into a faithful people. Use us for your glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stay.